Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 60 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we can begin our study of Section 19 in the Doctrine and Covenants located in the February the 22nd to February the 28th week, covering Doctrine and Covenants Sections 18 to 19, The Worth of Souls is Great. And as I mentioned, we're going to start looking at section 19 today. And, in, and as always, in order to do this, uh, we're going to look, at, first of all, at the background of this uh, section. And this is a really interesting one. We come back to Martin Harris, his, uh, his next part in his journey, as it were. Now, with Martin Harris, we've probably given him a little bit of stick so far, let's be fair. Uh, we've talked mainly about how he uh, was obviously the person that um, lost the manuscript pages because he didn't follow the the directions of the lord when the when the lord permitted eventually after repeated asking um martin to take those pages to his home uh, we also talked about how he was indeed one of the three witnesses but uh, he had to um leave the the, the three witnesses as a whole uh, to go and pray more and repent more before he could have that vision uh, and so i think at times we've probably focused a lot on martin's faults Uh, But I want to do something different today. I want to focus on just the incredible man of faith that he was, um, because I think that we sometimes paint Martin with a a fairly negative um, viewpoint. And yet, this study today, whilst this section is mainly directed towards commanding Martin to repent, uh, which, to be fair, the Lord has done with Joseph Smith and many others throughout the Doctrine and Covenants so far, um, he is also trying, the Lord is also commanding him to fulfill his promise that he made, his covenant that he made, that he would support the financial publication of the Book of Mormon. So let's get an understanding of the background of this before we dive into the section itself. Uh, I'm going to use two sources today. I'm going to use the Saints book, um, volume one, uh, and I'm also going to use the Revelations in Context um, narrative on this as well to kind of give the full picture. Um, so Martin and Joseph, um, the, the book has been finished and now they're trying to secure the publication. Uh, and it says in Saints, quote, they went first to Egbert Grandin, a printer in Palmyra, who was the same age as Joseph. Grandin declined the proposal at once, believing the book was a fraud. Undeterred, Joseph and Martin kept searching and found a willing printer in a nearby city. But before accepting his offer, they returned to Palmyra and asked Grandin once more if he wanted to publish the book, close quote. Now, there's a number of interesting factors at play here. For one thing, we often talk about in the church how fortunate and how um, you know good it was that, that Grandin was was willing to publish this book, um, and he was so close to where the Prophet Joseph lived, and the fact that it was so close, and that he was able to check in on the publication, and the fact that he was willing to publish this you know unknown book uh, was you know a great blessing for the Prophet. But actually, that isn't the complete story, as we see from the research. Um, Grandin declined straight away. He was not interested in this. Um, and so, you know, that was that. But then obviously Joseph and Martin, after going to uh, the city uh, to try and find someone who'd be willing to publish the book, um, they've come back, presumably because it would be a bit of a difficulty to have to go into the city every time they wanted to check on the publication or try to get the books to then take back to, um, to where they lived. So they asked Grandin one more time. 
It continues in saying, I say in quotes, This time, Grandin seemed more willing to take the project, but he wanted to be paid $3,000 to print and bind 5,000 copies before he even started work. Martin had already promised to help pay for the printing, but to come up with that kind of money, he realised he might need to mortgage his farm. It was an enormous burden for Martin, but he knew none of Joseph's other friends who could help him with the money. Troubled, Martin began to question the wisdom of financing the Book of Mormon. He had one of the best farms in the area. If he mortgaged his land, he risked losing it. Wealth he had spent a lifetime accruing could be gone in an instant if the Book of Mormon did not sell well. Close quote. Now, like I say, we tend to go straight to a viewpoint on Martin Harris that he was perhaps, you know, a person who acted against the will of the Lord at times. Uh, and he made mistakes, uh, which led to, you know, disruption in the work. And so instantly we might think, oh, well, here we go. Here's Martin again, you know, possibly um, not wanting to, to do his side of what he needs to do. But let's just actually stop and think about this for a moment. Martin Harris is being asked to to virtually give up everything he has worked for, potentially losing everything he has worked his whole life for. Um, $3,000 uh, in today's money um, you know, the estimates say that it's around $83,000. So this isn't just, you know, a little bit of side change. This is a huge amount of money. And actually, it kind of paints, for me, a bit of a more of a negative light on E.B. Grandin. I mean, he didn't want to do it at first, but then when he hears that, you know, a publisher in the city is willing to take up the work, he must have thought, oh, well, maybe there is something behind this. But do you know what? I'm going to do it for a ridiculous fee. And if they want to take it, then great. That's me sorted for my life. And so he puts forward this $3,000 figure and Joseph and Martin eventually agreed to pay that. Um, so he must have been really happy, uh, Grandin, uh, with this outcome. So as we move on, let's go to the Revelations in Context uh, version of the events. Because this adds a little more detail about what happens um, when he does decide uh, to mortgage this, his farm. It says, quote, this moment of decision would sound the depth of Martin Harris's trust in Joseph Smith and his faith in the Book of Mormon. Seeking guidance, he spoke with Joseph, who received yet another revelation. Known today as Doctrine and Covenants 19, the revelation admonished Martin, thou shalt not covet thine own property, but impart it freely to the printing of the Book of Mormon. On August 25th, 1829, he mortgaged his property to Grandin as payment for the publication. His neighbours were amazed that their sensible friend would abandon the cultivation of one of the best farms in the neighbourhood to underwrite the publication, close quote. As uh, time goes on, um, in Revelations in Context, it explains that Martin had uh, equal privilege to sell the copies of the Book of Mormon to recoup his cost, his cost of his farm. Um, and but, but the selling of the Book of Mormon at first was, did not go as, as, as hoped. Um, and in March 1830, uh, it says, quote, Joseph Smith reportedly sp spotted a distraught Martin Harris late in March 1830 near Palmyra. According to Joseph Knight, Martin was carrying several copies of the Book of Mormon. He said the books will not sell for nobody wants them and told Joseph, I want a commandment. Joseph's reply referred Martin to the previous revelation, fulfill what you have got. But I must have a commandment, repeated Martin. He received no further commandments, close quote. However, however, uh, he did eventually sell enough of his property to pay the debt. Um, and he was able to uh, be one of the most important um, factors in having the Book of Mormon published, um, which I think we often forget. We all, we always point toward, you know, the uh, things that Martin Harris perhaps didn't do quite right. And we talk about those very often. But perhaps we forget the fact that he did far more right 
uh, and sacrificed a lot, and we're talking a huge amount, uh, so that the Book of Mormon could be published and come forth in these latter days. Now we will start having a look at uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 19, and I have to say, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the beginning of this much justice, justice so we might have to kind of carry over uh, talking about the same thing into the next episode tomorrow, because after a bit of an introduction, we get a really interesting discussion by the Lord before we receive specific instructions from Martin Harris about endless or eternal torment. Um, in verse 6 it says, Nevertheless, it is not written that there shall be no end to this torment, but it is written endless torment. Again it is written eternal damnation, wherefore it is more expressed than in other scriptures that it might work upon the hearts of the children of men altogether for my name's glory. And then in verse 8, Wherefore I will explain unto you this mystery, for it is meet unto you to know even as mine apostles. Um, just to give a bit of background, the Lord is talking about what happens when people don't repent. He was talking about um, endless torment, but he's, re he, he's explaining the fact that this does not mean that the torment does not have an end, but rather uh, it is his punishment because he is endless um, and eternal. And I just find this, first of all, fascinating because it just opens up a completely new understanding that hadn't been had before in the Christian world. But also it gives us a lot of hope and comfort that, you know, even those that don't follow Christ and even those that refuse him, you know, and they have to go and endure this suffering, it will not be forever, forever. I've heard it been, I've heard it described or explained that hell has an entrance, but it also has an exit in our understanding. And I think that, uh, that is such a beautiful concept that um, the Lord is so merciful that even those that, that do not repent have a way out in the end. Um, and I think that that is a beautiful idea. But we will talk more about this tomorrow because I want to do this a bit more justice. So um, thank you very much for listening today once again. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please continue to follow the podcast on all the platforms, the Facebook group. You can also email session at gmail.com. Uh, and also you can let me know um, what you've been studying and if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.